You're listening to the Heat Ratio Podcast, brought to you by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. What is up, everybody? We are live. Heat ratio podcast number 136. Man, these episodes just keep getting longer and longer. We'll start earlier this week for the the hopefulness that we get done under two hours. What's the over and under? We have no idea. We got Coach Dave back in the house. Welcome back, Coach Dave. PGH Thomas of Pittsburgh Coker, Mikey Googs, Tony Jigsaw Cantillo, talking a little Doug or Carson, who is it? What if it's both? The Nick Chubb B. West sit-down effect, do you agree? Your top five coaches in the NFL, who would you start your franchise today with right now? Theo Epstein out in Chicago. Do the Phillies go all in? Harden in Brooklyn, do the Sixers lose again? MLB 2021 Hall of Fame class, talking about Barry Bonds. A little hip-hop flashback, the Chronic 2001. Eagles trivia, what's in John C.D. Wallet? But right yeah. off the bat, unfortunately, we have to talk about this Eagles game. And and I'm just going to say one quick thing. I'm going to let everybody else just talk, okay? Uh, the, the question I ask is, is it Carson? Is it Doug? What if it's both? And all I'm going to say is one thing, that eventually I think we have to come to the conclusion that we can't talk about this every single week. And if we are talking about it every single week, there's absolutely a problem. And there's a problem with your starting quarterback. And there's a problem with your head coach. Simple as that. People have checked out. People have not been there. It doesn't matter. Listen, you can't show up for a must-win game and, and just be mentally re- – uh, I was going to say where I shouldn't say, but you, you just can't be mentally lapsed. I'm sorry. You just can't do it. You got guys like Jason Kelsey. He can't snap a ball. Jake Elliott can't kick a field goal. Wide, wide receivers can't run routes. They're not being open. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott look good, then all of a sudden they don't run the ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts is like a complete mess because of the way they're being used. Uh, there's so many things going on right now. The defense just isn't showing up. Uh, 0 for 9 on third downs. Carson Wentz, everything just looks wrong. All I can say is eventually something's got to give. We can't keep hearing the same thing every single week. We got to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better. Eventually, you have to do it, and it's not happening. I don't know where we go from here. The only thing I could say is you're not firing Doug Peterson. As much as people want to do it, it's just not going to happen. The guy has been in the in the league. He's won a Super Bowl, been in the playoffs three straight years. It is what it is. He's only had one losing year, which was his first. He's not going anywhere. So you have to make another change. I don't know what it is. Do you trade Carson Wentz in the offseason? Do you put J- Jalen Hurts in? I don't know what it is. But you eventually have to say it's not Frank Reich, it's not Filippo, it's not all this. You have to point to a guy you're paying $100 million to. Last thing I was going to say, I watched a guy in Jeff Saturday. I really respect the guy played forever as the 
center for the Indianapolis Colts. And he said, listen, we can make every excuse in the book. When you pay your quarterback $100 million, we have to stop saying what we've said on this show, that it's about the people around him. Eventually, number 11 has to make plays. And if he can't make plays, maybe you paid the wrong guy. I, you know, Listen, I like Carson. I love his heroism. It's just not working right now. So you have to make a change. You have to make a spark. You have to do something. So the last thing I am going to say is the way I see this play out. And I know this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And I, I always do. It's just the way I feel. Right now, what's going to happen is, in my opinion, if Jalen Hurts gets into the game, if they decide to go to Jalen Hurts for a spark, for something, I've told you guys before, he's not coming out. Carson will be traded to Indianapolis. Jim Schwartz will be fired at the end of the year, and they will bring the next hot commodity as an offensive coordinator from college in here next year to work with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. That's what I feel is going to happen, will happen, I don't know. Not saying it needs to happen. That's what I feel. Dave, I'm going to go right to you. We haven't heard you in three weeks. Coach Dave Dixon, please talk to me off the ledge, Dave, and let me know what you feel. What is going on right now with this Eagles team? Well, it's good to be back, fellas. Thanks uh, for having me again. And, um, I mean, I watched, I watched the Eagles game for the first time straight through. No interruptions. I was able to sit down. Did you fall asleep? It was the worst game. I thought the game prior was the worst game. Uh, but the, the game prior, I think, was Carson's worst game I've ever seen him play, um, which was before the bye week, right? And then we go into the bye week, and you're expecting a lot more from everybody. Um, and what I'll tell you, Tony, in my opinion, is that it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly bad. Um, but here's, here's what I can tell in my opinion to all the fans, are you truly ready to give up on Carson Wentz? Is this organization and are we as a fan base ready to give up completely on him? And if you are, and if the organization is, then, you know, it's, it's their prerogative, go right ahead. But me personally, I am not going to give up on him. I'm not going to give on up on Doug. I believe in those two guys together can eventually make it happen. I do not like what I see, just like what you said. You're paying him a ton of money, and you need to perform and, and, and play a certain way, and he is not doing that. I understand that, and I agree 100%. So every everything negative that can be said and, and everything that you can wish for, it, it, you know, <laughs> It's true. It's it's true. Should Jalen Hurts come in here and take over his team? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Um, I think they're using him completely wrong. They haven't even let him throw the football yet. Everybody and their mother knows as soon as that kid comes in the game, it's some type of run. How easy is that, right? For an NFL defense, they're running the ball. So that goes back to coaching, right? That goes back to putting something on Doug. Um, the offense, you want to look at one like, – one thing of light is that they didn't turn the ball over, right? Um, so Alshon Jeffrey came back, but he might as well have been our Sega white side because I don't even think he had one target. One target. target. One one target. target. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, so I don't understand that. For That goes back to coaching, right? Um, <laughs> one so target. I don't, I don't understand. You know, I, I know I beat this drum to death. Like Jim Schwartz, I keep saying the same thing. He shouldn't be on the bus ride home. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. You have David Jones, 
or what, what's his name? Uh, what, Daniel who, Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah, not Dave. Not, we're not talking about the monkeys, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Danny, Dan, I think maybe Danny Jones. Jones. Davey Jones. Davey Davey Jones. Jones. Davey Jones. Yeah. So we just let this kid rip us apart with no Saquon Barkley and an offensive line that rotates. I, I mean, listen to me. You guys can fire up Carson and Doug all you want, and and I and rightfully so. Believe me when I tell you, I'm all on board on that. But Jim Schwartz and the defense just let a rotating offensive line, Daniel Jones, no Saquon Barkley, tear us apart. And, and but, go ahead, let me hear it. No, but here's here's why I say to. And again, I understand. I'm, I, you you started off with, "Are you ready to give up on Carson Wentz?" What what I what I will say to you, Dave, and what I will ask you the question is, how long of a lease does the guy get? And what I mean by that is, I've watched, I listen to Brian Baldinger, who I I highly respect, break down and say, "Guess what? This guy's not reading the right reads." He can't do a three-step drop. He can't do a three-yard out to Jalen Rager. All the excuses that Doug Peterson is making about play calling, a lot of it's falling on Carson Wentz, not making the proper reads, not seeing the field, and not making the throw. Brian Westbrook has alluded to Carson Wentz not wanting to listen to veteran leadership, being a problem in the locker room. This isn't Alshon Jeffrey talking. This is Brian Westbrook. Okay, More reports came out today of Carson having sloppy practice habits, a lot of things being covered up. With Carson Wentz, this brings us back to the Joe Santa Santa Laquito article in Philly Voice, and everybody went nuts, right? Everybody went crazy. Poor Joe. Listen, poor Joe writes an article that he gets sources for, and he's getting death threats. Okay, here's the thing, Joe. This is. I'm sorry, you don't. You you you're a credential writer for 25 years. That means you don't make things up. Okay, so they're. He looks looks like a genius now. He looks like a genius now. Right. Exactly. So there's something going on to this. So, Dave, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. We have to figure what other time is there going to be to try to figure out who it is. So, Tony, you're, now. you're if all those things are 100% accurate and, and those things are true, if he's an issue, if he can't listen, then that makes him uncoachable. If he's doing all these things wrong and 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 these guys, the, the reporter was right and Alshon Jeffrey was right, and Brian Westbrook is right. Think then, about it. Then how about how about what Brett Favre said a couple weeks ago when the, the Eagles picked the wrong guy? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. That, that, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be held in suspense and trying to figure out whether we got the right guy or not. Hey, you we know? don't have to be. All you need to do is insert Jalen Hurts in there. And here's the thing. And, and Michael, let me go right to you. This is my point. If you put Jalen Hurts in there next week and he fails, so what? What, what? what do you have to lose right now? You're in an embarrassing division that you're going to sidestep into the playoffs and get your brains beat in if you make it anyway. So why? What is the point? You put Jalen Hurts in there for three games and he sucks up the joint. Okay. So then you say, man, this kid can't play either. But we're just going to sit there, right? Right. But think about it. So we're just going to sit there and continue to watch this stagnant, vanilla, terrible, embarrassing play from our franchise and not make a move. We have to do something. Mike, am I nuts? No, I don't think you're nuts. I just, I'm not necessarily sure that putting Hurts in is going to fix anything. If anything, it could ruin Hurts. That support system isn't there. 
they have no idea what they are doing. And um, it's obviously that's that's pretty obvious. But what's yeah. not so obvious is the stuff that's happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. So yeah. you brought up something pretty interesting, an interesting theory you floated a few weeks ago. And you said that that Howie and uh, Peterson uh, collaborated to draft Jalen Hurts in the uh, in the event for job security, because maybe they realized that they made a mistake with Carson Wentz. Now, if that's the case, and I'm not saying that it's not. If that's the case, putting Hertz in there, and if Hertz all of a sudden gets destroyed because he has no support mechanism, then it only may – I don't think that helps their job security. So if they're smart, they'll put Hertz on the ice and you know roll him out for when they need to roll him out. Again, if they're following this whole job security angle, which they may or may not be, all right? So and, I'm and not necessarily – Before you finish, listen to this one. I'll help you out with this. So the other thing that came out as well is that there's an internal relationship between the owner and the quarterback. Yeah, heard, yeah, we talked about right? that. Right? So that kind of plays into the same theory about Howie and Doug drafting, drafting Jalen Hurts and thinking, wait, we paid this guy, but this is Jeff's guy. This isn't our guy. You know what? That's possible, too. And these are things, the inner workings of the organization are things that we're not going to be privy to. I mean, we will things will drip out, and we'll hear them, and we'll make the determination of which ones we believe. But... um I'm not necessarily sure that uh, that that's what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I, listen, I I just know that right now, and Dan checks in, what's up, Dan? He says, is it possible Carson is just having a bad year? Let's not forget of his play in the past. I, I'm not forgetting his play in the past, but again, I, you know, his play in the past, it was never, after the first games, after the first year, uh, what, what did he play, 13 games, 11 games, whatever it was, where yeah. he was, right, when, oh, he's going to be the, the MVP. I get it. He was playing out of his mind. Ever since that, have we ever seen that play? No. Nope. Nope. There's guys in the past, RG3, Mark Rippon, Blake Bortles, guys that have been MVP quarterback candidates. Blake Bortles threw 35 touchdowns and 4,000 yards and never did it again. Never. Yeah, and I had that was the year I had him in fantasy. He did it all in the fourth quarter too. <laughs> I won the Super Bowl because of Blake Bortles. Think That's about sure. that. We talked about that before. It's happened. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, right <laughs> at the end of the day, this this could yeah. be a major problem, yeah. and right, it could be a major problem. So here's the bigger question: Why, if if this is all true about him, then surely they had to know something. Or else they wouldn't have drafted Hertz maybe as a hedge, I guess. Maybe they did that. I don't know. I mean, there's the one side that says he was drafted for value. There's the other side that he was drafted for a hedge against Wentz. But when you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Nick Foles, and I'm not saying keeping Nick Foles would have been the right thing, but if they knew then, then what makes them pay Carson Wentz this gigantic contract and let the hero of the city leave who won the Super Bowl, right? Okay, so... Let's just say, oh, well, they didn't know that Wentz was uh, a problem until after. Then that makes them even look worse because they don't even know who they're paying. You don't even know the guy? Right now, what it looks like is exactly what you said. All the crap coming out or came out about Carson Wentz over the last couple of years. I'm not saying it's true, but it certainly looks more true than it did last year and everything else that was said. That Because he, does, he looks like a complete mess. And the worst part about it is the entire team 
doesn't look like they they have any type of organization. It looks like they've given up. Just what just what you said. One thing, uh, the only thing that you can say that was somewhat consistent this year was the defense uh, to a certain point. And then once that melted down and everything else melted down, the wheels are completely off the bus, and we don't know who to blame because there's fault and there's there's holes everywhere. Well, and and that and that's the point. It's the, and that's why I say is it dog or is it cars and or is it both because players aren't playing for their coach or not. They're not playing for their quarterback, and we're not sure who it is. And then he makes go one good throw. He makes one good throw. And then you got to hear from everybody. Oh, well, Fulgham dropped it. He makes one throw. He makes one perfect throw, and everybody just runs to defend this guy. I, I don't know what it is. Why do people blindly defend him? Because we want that quarterback. We want that franchise quarterback. We want what everybody else has. You know what it looks like? Here are the facts. We drafted the wrong guy. Okay. He's not the guy. The faster they move on from this mess and get it behind them, the better off they're going to be. And I hate to say it, but sometimes you just got to cut your losses for lack of a better phrase. I agree. He's got to go, dude. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I love it. John, send what's him, up? Send him up, send him up to the Pittsburgh. Send him up right, to Turnpike to John. Right, John, John. I can't wait. Take him, John. I can't wait. Get him up here this year. That way we <laughs> could stick him under the tutelage of Big Ben for two years, and we have a decade quarterback. Look, he, Tony, I think you hit it right on the head. Is he reading defenses? I mean, what is his ability to read defenses? And, you know, I mentioned it before. Is it that? And how much is it Doug putting him in a position to succeed? Look, the NFL is a copycat league. You got to look at what other teams do successfully. I know the Steelers line up three receivers on one side. They do a quick pass practically laterally. You got your other two blocking and you get four or five yards. All right, there, there's so many plays that you could build his confidence. I don't know what his what he's doing to read. I mean, those are just the two things. I don't want to beat on. Jalen Hurts should be getting reps, not a play, not two plays. Give him a four-down series, plain and simple. That should have happened two weeks ago. Like he, no, they, they don't want to ups, they don't want to upset Carson. I'm sure, John. No, I look. I don't care. It's it's you. If you draft this guy to be the Taysom Hill and not the backup, then you got to start treating him like the Taysom Hill, and you can't just put him in there when you're going to run the ball. Did they ever I say think, that that was his role? Did they ever give him a role at all? Well, no. it's it's one of the two, and right now they they're can't. using him as, as neither. So it, you're either the backup quarterback possibly if Wentz fails which all right we'll give him a couple plays or you're the you know i mean Taysom Hill Taysom Hill throws his throws passes he catches passes well let, so let, let me let, let me say this John uh, so you can continue Mike a good uh, point. and Dave is what I'm going to say you you bring up a good point i want to say it before i forget if Jalen Hurts was only going to play a Taysom Hill role and they did expect him to do nothing else, he would not be listed as the backup quarterback every week. He would be listed as the third string. But he's listed as a number two. Right? So if, if is they Taysom granted, Hill is listed as, he's listed as the third, Taysom Hill? Uh, well, well, I'm we curious gotta, about that. I think oh, he is. Oh, I gotta say, yeah. we just got to watch on the Taysom Hill because this is a one-of-a-kind yeah, right. player. So, like, we can compare skill sets and – this and that, but in terms of, yeah, the actual depth charts, who knows? Right. 
I think Doug has a host of plays ready to roll for Jalen Hurts. I think Doug is, and I think Doug is hamstrung right now. I'm telling you, I think that there's a major problem inside. I still think last week before the bye, Doug would have made a move. I think Doug would have made a move. I do. And I think there's there's a power struggle within an organization from up top, from Lurie down. There's something going on. It's the only reason why Carson Wentz is still playing. I'm sorry. It's it, You're three and five and one. Like, like, seriously, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz is not Drew Brees. Carson Wentz is not Tom Brady. Okay? At the end of the day, any other coach in the NFL would have made a move for a half a quarter, something to try a to light series. a fire under somebody's ass, right? All I so, want is a series. Like, yes. that that has not. You haven't even given him a series. All right, it's if he's in the game, it's a run play. Period. And then you wonder why it fails. Because if I know it's a run play, you know NFL defensive coordinators know it is. Like it's, I I don't know. But and, no, you're right. And Dan brings up a good point. Our quarterback has clearly been playing like shit. I think what bothers me is more wise and miles getting more carries. And that goes on to the play calling. And we, a, a, again, we get that. Now, the only thing I could say is I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same, the same, uh, along the same lines as Dan. And then I, I went back on NFL.com and I watched the game again, the short condensed version. And you have to be careful. A lot of times the reason why they didn't run, they had a ton of penalties that 13 penalties in that game. It took them out of the running game at, you know, third and 10, third and nine, a lot of those scenarios. So that I think that's why they got away from the run a little bit, but I agree week in and week out. They should be running the ball a lot more. I think I the, the year they made back. the Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, Mike, go ahead. I'm listening. The, the year that they made the Super Bowl run. Uh, I think there was some kind of, con, some kind of third down stat saying that they converted the most third downs in the whole league, like 66% like, or something. It was insane. Crazy number. Right. Right. Yep. And I think it's the complete opposite this year. Yep. I think they're like one of the worst teams to convert third downs now. You if know not who, the worst. You, you know who the only other teams worse than the Eagles are? On third down? The New, York, the New York Jets. Oh, well, that explains a lot. You know, yeah. I, I I mean, when you when you just really boil what? it down, you're saying that there's a there may be a power struggle and the owner may be meddling a little bit more than what he's used to and maybe he's protecting Wentz. I mean that's a possibility. I think it does so. look like that Doug doesn't have any balls when it comes to Lurie no. because look at look at the coaching firing two years. Zero. I mean that was a disgrace last year. So Zero. he's not going to stand up to him. Um, but you do wonder, you know, you, you really wonder that uh, Peterson. It looks like he's completely lost the trust of the entire team. He looks lost. Um, the, why he doesn't run the ball when Miles Sanders averages six yards per carry to me. That's just the carryover of him being a disciple of Andy Reid and throw the ball 70,000 times a game. You know, that's just that's just how he's cut, no matter how much, um, no matter how, how many yards Miles Sanders uh, averages. And th those guys were rolling, man. The only the only traction that we got is when Boston Scott and Miles Sanders yep. were running the ball. And then momentum is what carries a football game. And they had it. And then they just let Danny Dimes, you know, run that scramble twice. And that killed him. And then they went away from the run. They started throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. So it's a whole mess from top down, and there's it's really difficult to where you can point the finger because there's there's so many problems. Well, a lot. Well, and I, I think both of you guys hit it on on the running game. I mean, the one thing that I will say, look, the Giants, outside of uh, Danny Dimes, they rushed the ball 26 times for 87 yards. Right. 
which is, I mean, that is some solid rushing defense. The problem that's is, NFC East, yeah, yeah. But that's... the problem is, you didn't learn from the failure of the first game. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? To maybe pay attention to the quarterback. I mean, that's the issue there. In the middle um, of the team, there's nobody in there though, John. There's nobody who's in. Oh, who's I... Edward Edwards? Where did they get this guy from? Well, in that he, we don't he, we don't need no superstar. linebackers. He stinks. Every time there's a touchdown scored or uh, somebody breaking a long run, he's twisting around like a like a friggin' turnstile. He looks completely right. lost. He's an undrafted free agent. That's he stinks. Good. He shouldn't be on an NFL team. He stinks. That's Alex Singleton. They're, they're, they're stink. You stink. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're watching. You stink. <laughs> Two undrafted players. Not God, ridiculous. Oh God. No, they're just they're they're two undrafted players that that the Jim Schwartz and the Eagles put no emphasis on linebacker and and never have never you know, will. You're, you're off. I, I I said it before on this show. Your offense is in disarray, and you guys talk about it. I said it before in the beginning. Like. It goes from the top down. Jeffrey Laurie and 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 Howie Roseman and the coaching staff, their brand-new coaching staff on offense, the offensive coordinator or whatever you want to call Morty Morningweg, the, the, the quarterback coach. It, it goes back to all that stuff. I am not sticking up for Carson. I get it. But, again, we don't know what's going on in those meeting rooms. We don't know what Carson's being taught, to how to read or how to react or how to do this. Or you know, this is his. This is his third coaching staff, offensive coaching staff, minus Doug Peterson, in three years, right? Or or four years, excuse me, in four years. They he had the same two guys for one year, and then um, this year, uh, it's it's. That's more excuses, though, Dave. You're well, giving well, a lot more excuses. Inconsistent. So, Tony, it's not an excuse because when you look at the good quarterbacks, let's go to Ben Roethlisberger. Let's okay. go to let's go to. You've been through a lot. Tom Brady. Ben Roethlisberger's had similar offensive or the same offensive coordinator for more than three years. He's was, had a lot of different offensive coordinators. The past three years, though, he's had okay. the same. Before so, that, it was the crazy guy. Um, uh, what was his name? Um, yeah, it was uh, Haley. Haley. Todd Haley. Yeah. Todd Haley. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but again, and I know what you're going to say with this. Okay. Cause I know he's not the guy that Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay with a whole new system. Don't yeah. look too bad. Does he? We're no, not making an excuse, but we're not making an excuse for Tom Brady. Right. We're not making well, an excuse. And, and I get it. I listen, I get it. I understand. Okay. But at the same time, what's that? You can't compare Tom Brady and Carson Wentz. Oh, okay. So, again, let, let me ask you this. And, and, John, this is going to be perfect for you. Okay? Your Steelers are 9-0. All right? I, I'm going to just compare Philly and Pittsburgh right now. Let's let's do this. I take Doug Peterson and put him as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Are they 9-0? Probably. You're thinking about Probably. Only because I mean, think wow. about what because what? they because think about what Doug Peterson did the Super Bowl year. He didn't make the decisions that the Steelers. I mean, look, Tomlin is a great coach. Don't and we'll get to all we'll yep. get to all that. We're gonna say what I'm that. saying is how much do you think Tomlin actually has to say when you got Ben Roethlisberger a quarterback? 
Okay. He so, got the, he got the Super Bowls. He he's doing what he wants. He's audible in at the line of scrimmage. He's on his practice. Like that team has a lot of pride. The pride that I saw that the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That's what the Steelers have pretty much year in and year out. So that's the only reason why I'm not saying they would be 9 and 0, but I will say it would not be a disaster just because of the infrastructure on that team. I, I agree. Uh, you you really have to be you have to have a, an unbelievable support system. And Dan, what he had just said about Doug not being an elite coach, uh, he just had a really good you know offensive coordinator helping him. Any good organization, okay, company, sports team, whatever, you need a supporting cast. The top guy needs to be able to delegate based on his vision overall, and knows that basically the buck stops with him. So if you don't have a really good staff underneath of you, that support mechanism that could manage each one of these mini departments that can compartmentalize the responsibility of taking care of uh, the defense and the offense and then the special teams and then even breaking it down. Running backs coach, you know, offensive line coach. You're talking about wide receiver coach, conditioning coach. Doug's got to be the guy or, you know, whoever it is at top that has to, you know, Push the vision and keep the cohesiveness. But each one of these cogs are super, super important. And it's like when if that support mechanism isn't there, just like Tony said, you don't know what they're trying. You don't know what scheme they're teaching them. I mean, obviously, all these guys can play. And it's fun to say Carson Wentz stinks. And it's fun to say Edward stinks. And well, you really do stink. But I mean, it's fun <laughs> to say all that. And it's it's fu- it's fun to um, point the fingers at players. But if they're given bad direction. And it's not that's, their fault. Like I said, these guys point, were these, these guys were great coming up through school in middle school, in high school. They were recruited top colleges, all Americans. Nobody stinks in the NFL. No one. All right. All joking aside, no one. They're all great and they're all elite athletes. But if they're given bad direction, you see what happens. I mean, the perfect I, example is Sidney Jones. He just got another pick. And I got to hear the announcer saying that he had an unbelievable game again. I was listening mm-hmm. to the Jacksonville announcer. They're just like super happy to have him. Yeah. Because Sidney Jones is a player, uh, but in a bad system under bad leadership. Mike, that's what I've been preaching. And and, and everybody wants to blame Carson, which is fine. I'm he should take the blame. I want to blame sucks. both, Dave. I want to blame yeah. both. But you should you're here's what I want you to do. I Definitely want you to both. start I want you to start blaming Jeffrey Lurie because he's the guy that's running the ship. He is the one that's allowing Howie Roseman to do his thing, Jim Schwartz to do his thing. And they got rid of the two guys that Doug Peterson didn't really want to get rid of. So you got to look at Jeffrey Lurie. Like Mike said, all good businesses are led by the right guy at the top that delegates the right things to the right people. And he has his minions that he trusts taking care of the right things. These guys are not taking care of their side of the ball. They're not doing their job. But I think think, think the decision – what you say, Dave, is is correct in the sense that it shows that it's being run by Jeffrey Lure by getting rid of the two coaches. But seriously, in all all, all seriousness, what is Filippo and Press Taylor doing right now? Like, like, are they, like, lighting the world up somewhere? No. No, Let me ask you something. Hold on, Mike. You can answer this, John. If you go to work every day and you don't have faith in the guy next to you or you don't respect the guy next to you, do you think the work environment is going to be a good one? You're going to be on the same page. I, I don't think. I don't think it's there. I Great think. Point. D, I think Filippo and Frank Reich and Doug Peterson 
truly appreciated and respected each other and enjoyed going to work every day. That's getting, right. And getting but there's nothing done. we could do about Frank Reich. He was gone. Listen, no, Frank no. Reich was gone. Yeah, but, he, but what he's saying, that. it's the combination of those three really worked and they proved that it worked together. All right. Now, it's unfortunate that it, that it didn't work because these guys were throwing big money. And, you know, if you were in that position and you were Frank Reich, you would have taken the money, too. Right. I mean, these guys want to move Frank up. They don't want to be in those fired, positions. If you fire Doug after he wins a Super Bowl. So, I, I, you know, we got to stop talking about the Frank Reich. doesn't matter. He was going anyway. No, but you, you need right. a replacement. I, I, you you miss need him. You I get it. He wasn't. You need a replacement. He Frank Reich was never replaced. Maybe that's no. what you're trying to say. No, you're right. He, he wasn't yeah. replaced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. it exposed Peterson. It exposed Peterson because Big once time. the support mechanism was removed, then you, you you know then you know it wasn't just all Peterson. I mean, you needed that cog to work, and we don't know how much of an influence or weight the Flippo brought, but for sure with uh, with Reich and with Peterson and Wentz. Well, not well, Wentz. Obviously, he won a lot of games for us, and he balled his ass off. I mean, everybody forgets how well he played. Okay, when he was healthy, he's oh, the yeah. reason why we got that bye. And he's the reason why Foles limped in and, and uh, did what he did. And that wouldn't, have been, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Wentz. Okay? But I think the problem with Wentz right now is that he's regressed so fast and so much and he looks so bad that how could you blame all of that on coaching? This is beyond coaching what's going on with this guy. Thank you. Thank you. That's why. That's why I say I got to blame both. And, and it's Andre. Andre, great point. I have no idea what Deuce is doing with the running back rotation. When you have a so what? What seriously? Remember Duke, Duke or Duke? Deuce is in charge of the running backs. Doug tells us that every single week. Oh, got to got to refer to Deuce. Got to refer to Deuce. Okay, what the hell is Deuce though? Like this is what I'm saying. Everything on this team is just bad. I hate when Everything. he says that. I hate when he says that. It's like it's like you own the company, but you don't know what your employee is doing. So go ask well, him. Yeah. What is that? What is that? You got to ask Deuce. And you know who used to say that? Chip Kelly said the same shit yes. when Deuce was there. Yes. Oh, uh, Deuce. Uh, Deuce takes care of the running backs. Why is he? What is that? Nobody talks about that enough. Like, does he just have carte blanche to do whatever he wants? I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it's like I don't think that enough heat goes on Deuce. Six yards a carry, and you just stop using them. Yeah. Um, that that's that that's what I'm saying. That that's that's ridiculous. But he's not calling the running plays. It's Peterson, and Peterson calls the play, and the deuce sends in the back. Right? I guess. Who knows? Nobody knows who's driving the bus. It the the, the bus is going right for the mountain again. It's just a disaster. <laughs> and it's and a disaster. honestly, guys, I'm getting tired of it. It's it, yeah. like I've never like I don't even want to watch a game. It's depressing. Like, it's so boring, and it's so depressing, and it's so vanilla. And you know what's like, like how many, like again, how much do we got to get our hopes up week in and week out that this is going to be the week? This is going to be the week. I mean, are we really inevitably just going to waltz into the playoffs and get our brains beat in again? And that's going to be the narrative all all season. Well, we wait like the playoffs. It. No, but we're not great. making the playoffs. This team they're, is not making the playoffs. They're padding the stats like the wire. They're padding the stats. They're padding That's the it. stats. That's uh, it. That's it. It's Rawls padding the stats. Rawls and, is Lori. And I'll uh, tell you what, they're, they're, they're in trouble against Cleveland this week. Say what you want, but they're in trouble. Oh, yeah, sure. they definitely no, are. Those sure, two sure. running backs yeah. out there, yeah. they're in trouble. Miles Garrett? Miles yeah. Garrett? Wow, look out. Destruction. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe they should put Jaden Hurts in this game just so they can uh, knock it. Uh, destroyed. Listen, listen to me. I'm telling you, all your anger and all, all this negativity, you have to start pushing it towards Jeffrey Lurie. 
He is the reason why this franchise has taken a turn. He is allowing his guys make these decisions that are hurting our program. That's it. And, I mean, you know, what? a guy like Lurie who rolls in that circle, he rolls in the owner circle. There's only 32 of these people in the world. The billionaire circle, that's a circle that we have no idea what goes on. All right? But I know for sure that he wants his shiny toy, the Eagles, to be talked about. He doesn't want to be the owner that just has a dysfunctional team. I know that means a lot to him. All right? I think it would because, you know, after you put $10 billion in your bank account or whatever he's worth, I mean, what else do you have at that point? It's legacy, man. It's it's reputation. It's it's those kind of things. I don't think that he wants this circus because the Eagles are a circus right now. So I, I often wonder... Does he think that you know some of the the, the uh, football people that are underneath him and the manage Peter uh, the management Peterson they can't make decisions so he's got to protect Wentz? Does he feel like he's protecting Wentz to protect his future? We have no idea what's going on, and no they don't idea. tell you anything. No, right. but all all I know is and, and again I you know I want I don't want to spend a whole show on this because I just get so frustrated and it's Ugh, getting you so and me old. both. Horrible. But Carson Wentz's biggest advocate. Is one no doubt Dan Orlovsky. Okay. It's yeah. his biggest advocate. True. And every week, even Dan is trying harder and harder to defend him. It's mm -hmm. getting tougher. Every week, if you listen to Dan, it gets less and less and less. Okay. And that that's when you have to finally realize there's a problem. Listen, I love Matt Max Kellerman hates Carson Wentz. Destroys <laughs> him. He does. Stephen A six. I mean, Kellerman destroy he can't stand him. But it's it, it's hard. I mean, when you listen to his points, they're pretty valid. I mean, he's listen, he's saying like what like Mike said, why why is everybody rushing to defend this guy all the time? One hundred percent. And the reports just keep coming out, coming out, coming out. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea, but we've talked about coaching. And again, we'll get to, you know, we'll get to the end when we say prediction for next week. I don't even want to talk about next week, to be honest with you. Um, I want to get a little more happy or a little more positivity uh, into this show because we're just going to go down a rabbit hole and I don't want to go into it. Uh, John's boys are 9-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, again, deserve every minute of it. Uh, and we talked about taking Doug Peterson and putting him on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, having fun, right? Would they still be 9-0? So I think there's a lot of tremendous coaches in the NFL. Unfortunately, we don't have one of them. Uh, so what I, one Pittsburgh? <laughs> okay. So what I would like to do is, is I like these exercises because, uh, again, this was, except for the Eagles-Giants game, I mean, some of the games were so exciting this weekend. I mean, look the hell Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, oh, my God, like unbelievable. But um, – at the uh, somebody brought up a good point. I'm gonna say this real fast before we get to it. Somebody said, and I didn't think about this, but I thought it was a first. They actually traded a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. So essentially, they were saying the Eagles could have took a second round pick and traded for D Hop instead. They decided to draft Jalen Hurts. So very interesting. Uh, look at that. But right, so think about that. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that ever. I, I hate I, that trade, and right. now the Eagles are somehow involved. Well, they got the running back, too. They got the running back, too. Yeah, yeah David Johnson. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, Andre says, because Kellerman hates any athlete that lives off potential too long without executing or showing greatness, and I agree with him. It's a great point by Andre. As always, checking in. Heat ratio sports, my man. So, let, 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 let's talk about this. NFL top five coaches. And, 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 again, now, this is different. I want you guys to think about this, though. 
Okay, it just doesn't. Have, I want the top five coaches right now, and it, you know the segue to this. The subcategory is the guys you would want to start a franchise with. You're Jeffrey Lurie. You're the owner. Okay, who's on your top five list? Now, again, a lot of things go in consideration. Age is probably one of them. Okay, but think about it. You're in for the long haul. Who is the guy, your top five list? Who are the guys that you're taking? Who's on your five list that you want to lead your franchise into the next five years? Because essentially, that's about what it takes to build a team, draft in the right way, expand, and compete. So, John, I'm going to go to you first because you've been a fan of many words so far. Uh, you're usually the person that calms us all down. Uh, I, you know, I know me and Mike get very vocal and we're, you know, it, cause we're very passionate. Uh, Dave, he sticks to his guns and John, you're kind of like the guy calms us all down. So John, I don't know if you're going to calm us down or make us irate. So let me know what your top five is and who you would start. You're Jeffrey Lurie, John. Okay. You're John or no, John Coker's buying, buying the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're buying the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got top five coaches. What's your list? Go from five to one for me. Tell me who you're looking at. Look, I, I don't want to take up too much time with this, but I'm gonna nah, I'm gonna man. give you You're I'm good. gonna give you a little trivia question yes. for number five. Ooh. Okay. So this coach was the uh sporting news number seventh ranked coach going into the year. He's currently in first place, and his quarterback over the past three years has averaged twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. 4,000 yards passing and has a 98.3 passer rating. Who is this coach? Interesting. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Do that again. Say that th again. This team is currently in first place. This team is currently in first place. This coach was ranked number seven preseason in the Sporting News uh, coaches ranking. The start or the quarterback for the past three years. Has got has twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, four thousand yards passing, and has a ninety eight point three passer rating. Who is the coach? Uh, is it Andy Reid? I was just going to say it's got to be Big Red. Mike, um, is it the guy from the Rams? No, it would okay. be Doug. It would be Doug Peterson. Oh, it's not my it. number oh, five. Whatever. But I kid you not, that is Carson <laughs> Wentz's stats. So before you guys just blast him, think about what I just described in nice. percent. But so, nice. so that was for me to calm you down. All right, now <laughs> on to my. You just made his high rate, you creep. <laughs> well, whatever. On, on to my real list. Look, I. I don't know. There, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, I know you said to start your franchise with, but I'm just going to do a couple honorable mentions. Like Bruce Arians, I don't know what he is as a head coach, but he got them Tampa Bay Bucks with all those personalities. Uh, yes, and Tom Brady. They're moving, so I don't know how much coaching's into that. What Brian Flores is doing in Miami to have them at 6-3 and three, is you know from what they started with Love. is is something pretty amazing, um, but going down, I'll you know between those guys, I'm going for uh, I don't even know if I'm going to go for I'm going Belichick. Give me a couple years. You said starting a franchise. Give me a couple years, like if it was an expansion team, if I could get some you know character right. under me. Sean Payton at three, uh, Mike Tomlin at two. 
and I'm sorry, I'm going Andy Reid at one because Mike wow. Tomlin does a lot of stupid play calls. Wow. Just like just like uh, Philly beats up Peterson. You, the local Pittsburgh sports beat up on Tomlin a lot because all it is, it's the one or two mistakes that are highlighted. You know what I mean? And it's even worse when you don't win the game. It's interesting. I like that. I like that. Mike, okay, you, you go next. What do you got, brother? Uh, well, I, I would just say yeah, consistency is probably the best for me if I was if I would judge. Um, and so I guess if we're going to go five down, I would say uh, Sean Payton. You know, as much as I dislike Sean Payton, mm. he seems to really have a consistent flow. Um, yep. And the guy, and you know, players love playing for him. Um, I would say uh, next would be Sean Payton. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Mc, uh, the guy from the Rams, McVeigh. Uh, McVeigh, yeah, McVeigh. I really like young offensive, uh, bright mind. Really like McVeigh a lot. I hate McVeigh. Um, I know he's easy to hate, but uh, he's he got that smug look. Yeah, you know, know. You're the type of guy you don't want. But hey, look, remember we're building a team, right? So we yes, need longevity. Right, we need right. some, you know, guys that are bringing some, um, you know, a different flavor to football. And I like and that new young. breed. And he's and young. young, yeah, yeah. Um, so he would be four. Uh, in terms of three, I would go Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is, um, you know, he's he, that's the that's the most consistent quarterback every year. Is always the same thing. They're always right there. They're always competing in some way. Um, you know, he's just got an attitude about him. You know, it's just hard nosed attitude and yep. uh, players love playing for him. And, you know, you can obviously build a pretty big foundation around him um, Two, believe it or not, a guy that I pretty much wrecked for about 10 years of my life. I have to say Andy Reid. You know, Andy Reid really showed me a lot and it really re made me realize how much of a fool and idiot I was for bashing him for all those years. Really did. Uh, even though he wore out his welcome the last couple of years, but. And then uh, number one, it's still it, for me. It's still Bill Belichick. I don't care if he's having a crappy year or not. Bill Belichick to me is just that's the coaching gold standard. You know, notice Doug Peterson isn't in that in any of them. I, I, like I mean, it. I think I think Peterson is probably top ten. You know, but he needs that support mechanism around him, which he clearly does not have. Yeah, and remember, right. remember, right. they're one Alshon Jeffrey catch away from do they go to the bowl that year because they were hot i don't know i mean it's possible and if he makes that catch and they score and they win that game and they go we're having a whole different conversation no you're right yeah, everybody forgets about that catch that was right. there that catch was there oh it was there it was there it was there against the saints it was there man it was their game it was their game dave what you got brother uh so you, you said top five nfl coaches right now was the question so Right. To me, like Mike talked about Belichick. I love Belichick. He probably go down as the best NFL coach of all time, right? Um, and honorable mentions for me, John brought up Flores at the Dolphins. I think yeah. that, that that whole staff, that program, everything that they're doing down there, the draft picks they acquired with their trades, um, they have done a tremendous job, and I really like him too. Uh Tony, I'm sorry, but uh, you're going to have to bear with me. I have a couple other honorable mentions. Cliff Kingsbury for the Cardinals, Sean McVay, and Sean McDermott are my honorable mentions. But you said NFL coaches right now, and I can't put them in any particular order, but I'm just going to tell you, Bruce okay. Ar Bruce Um, I love Bruce Arians. I have a connection with him with my old high school coach, was a, an assistant coach on, under Bruce. I love how he treats all humans. I love how he talks about things, coach him hard and hug him later. Some of his sayings 
just phenomenal. I just think Bruce is is an unbelievable football coach and, and an awesome human. Um, Mike Tomlin, I, I mean, Mike Tomlin is extremely underrated, in my opinion, and is not talked about enough um, for what he's done and how he handles all his uh, assistant coaches that come there. They all have success. You want to talk about a standard, I brought it up before, uh, consistency and his assistants buy into their program. He lets them coach them. The owners let him pick them, and, and that is a, a recipe for success. Um, Mike Vrabel, to me, oh, Mike nice Vrabel. Yeah, nice we forgot about him. Forgot about Mike, um, Yeah, forgot about him. Good one. Mike, Mike Vrabel, to me, is an outstanding young coach. Like I said, he said top five coaches right now. Right. Um, Vrabel's unbelievable. Andy Reid. Andy Reid just it shows the test of time. He, he comes up with his his offense is fun, exciting. He picks the right guys in the draft. He's another one that trusts his his assistant coaches and, and just does an awesome job. Now, the other guy, you guys might whatever, but his name's Anthony Lynn. He's the Chargers head coach. I truly love I like this him. guy. I, I, I really, really like Anthony Lynn, and I think he's yeah, done a phenomenal too. job. Um, I love that the young quarterback is playing, and, and he seems to be quite a talent over there in uh, San Diego. So they're my top five, and I also gave you four honorable mentions. So you're up, Tony. So here's my deal. Uh, our boy our boy Gene for Wirewire texting because Kingsbury stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but 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 I'm I'm gonna ruffle a little feathers here because I, I am gonna tell you that Bill Belichick and Andy Reid are neither are, are on my top five list. And again, I, I, I again Bill Belichick, no no disrespect. Wow, if not the best, one of the top two coaches of all time next to Don Shula. Uh, Andy Reid, still, I, uh, you know, we, Mike, I agree with you, buried him, but the guy stood the test of time. He, he is great, but here's the thing: I don't know if they last five more years. And if I'm building a franchise, I want a guy that right now, for the next five years, that I can lean on. And I don't think looking at Andy Reid and, and what he's been through in his life, and I, I just don't think that he stands the test of time. I think Bill Belichick's got a couple years left. Uh, so right now, for me. For me, my number five is the you guys mentioned them all is Brian Flores. I love Brian Flores. I love what he's done. He was given nothing. They took everything from him last year, and he still find a way to win and get the players to play for him. I, you know, I, he was never out of any game this year. He's six and three. He makes the the, the the call to go to two. I love it, and it's working. Love Brian Flores. Number four, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches, if not the number one coach in the NFL. Uh, make no mistake about it, that guy, special teams coach, right to head coach, and has never skipped a beat. Number three, how is Kyle Shanahan not on anybody's list? This kid, he, everybody thought he wrote the coattails of his dad, right? Everybody thought that. He's got I forgot about him. Coach, forgot right? about him. Mike, Kyle Shanahan has not only been a terrific offensive play caller, but he's done things with guys like C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. Okay? <laughs> Think about that. 
<laughs> All right? Think Better. about it. That's how good Kyle Shanahan is, right? Okay, my number two is Sean Payton. I absolutely would give up the world to get Sean Payton oh, and yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay? 100%. And my number one, John, you say what you want, but Mike Tomlin is my number If I was starting a franchise tomorrow, I would have got he's going to stand up with a microphone, okay, and not. Did you hear Doug? Did you hear Doug? Uh, hey, Angelo. I'm pissed off, Angelo. I'm pissed. <laughs> Stop. That's just, it doesn't even sound right. That I was want a guy like Tom get somebody's ass. Okay, what, what? No, uh, yeah. Get, he, I, I want him to go old school. So I love Mike Tomlin. And, and Dave, you mentioned the one guy. He, he's my other, um, my other mention is Sean McDermott. What Sean McDermott has done in Buffalo. And I, for one, have to say, Andy I gave him zero chance. Andy Retreat. Right? Right. I, I, what's that? Yeah, Andy Retree. Yep. A lot, a lot of Andy Retrees. You just mentioned three of them, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Retree. Absolutely. And and I didn't give him a shot. I didn't give him a shot. And what he's done in Buffalo has been unreal. Okay. What he's been able to do. Ron so. Howard. Right. What's that? He looks like Ron Howard, doesn't he? <laughs> Isn't Sean McDermott? <laughs> Ron Howard. Uh, Gene, Gene says offensive genius, and I, I know he's talking about Shanahan. Uh, Gene says uh, Shanahan number one. Uh, you know, again, and it's I love it. Flores, he, he's going to the, the new school kind of vibe as well. Uh, Andre says Tomlin, Reed, Peyton, Carroll, Harbaugh. Pete Carroll, I don't think you can get a better uh, a better coach or a cheerleader than than Pete Carroll, right? I mean, he's yeah. unbelievable. Let me let me well. take it another direction. You had said something real quick about, yeah. um, you know wanting to build a franchise around the guy. Let, yes. Let's just, let's challenge the narrative a little bit. Okay. So Bill Cower mm. established an unbelievable infrastructure and system and core set of values. Don't you think by the foundation that that man led, laid down that a guy like Tomlin, who at the time when he was hired, I think, John, Correct me if I'm wrong here because I don't want to be stepping on your turf. You know, I, I, I don't want to upset you. But <laughs> I think at the time when he was hired, I think he was the youngest coach in the NFL. And there was a lot of doubts about the guy saying that he was too young. He's the one that broke through that you need to be some old white dude to be the coach. Yes. And this guy comes in, a young black man who just crushes it. He broke through so many barriers, this guy. Yep. And it's just a model of consistency. But I guess the question is, do you think it was easier for him to become that successful because of the tracks and the foundation that Cower uh, laid down? Because Cower was a model of consistency for for years. And you almost wonder that uh, when Belichick leaves, will the same thing happen? You know, when the next coach comes in, will the same thing happen? So I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I just wanted to kind of, yeah. um, well, if I'm going to build a franchise, maybe I want some good infrastructure in place before the next coach comes in. Well, I think it's a lot of it's what Dave said and about being the pro the program, right? You know? And I mean, Tomlin he, he won that job. I mean, he he won that job. You're walking into it, and he ended up winning the Super Bowl. You know, a year or two later, so it wasn't like he was walking into a terrible situation right. that he had to recover. All right, he walked into a very good situation with veteran leadership. A, a roster that could win a Super Bowl, and you're coming off as long as the same personality traits translate. It's like it was fairly seamless. You know what I mean? You have the veteran veteran leadership. In terms of Belichick, who are they going to bring in? Because the the difference between look, Cower was passionate. All right, 
I, I think Belichick was more of a genius where like just passionate and really kick your butt is more the Tomlin cower way. And the genius is more the Belichick way. I don't know that you can replace that with the same type. Yeah, no doubt. But I think maybe when Tomlin stepped in, it's almost like, I don't want to say that uh cower cower <clears throat> handed him the reins, but like you said, they were both like very similar type of coaches. And, you know, I had him at six and it was really, really tough, you know, because I think he's a top 10 coach every year. And I don't just think he's top 10 this year because the Steelers are nine and oh, this guy is the model of consistency, you know, and I, I feel like he took what Cower did and just perfected it and made it 10 times better. That's what no, I think of Tomlin. He, he never had, had a losing season. It's unbelievable what he did. It's unbelievable. Cower had great assistance. His defensive assistant coach was excellent. Oh yeah, and he had yeah. and he had good offensive coordinators that did a nice job. Bruce right. Arians, exactly. Bruce Arians yeah. was one Bruce of Arians. them. Uh, I don't know if that was back in the Cower Cower time. That was Cower under tree. Tom. That was actually under Tomlin. Tomlin, right. yeah. Uh, the Cower Tree. <laughs> the Cower Tree. <laughs> well, I don't. One know. thing is for right. One thing is for sure. We have a ton of great NFL coaches. Oh yeah, I mean, the, 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 right? I mean, the, the, the NFL is in good hands. I guess you that's could say, for sure. Uh, which is which is definitely nice to see. Uh, Gene says Josh McDaniels better be the next coach in New England. I I, I completely that's a handshake deal. One hundred percent. If he hasn't, if if Josh McDaniels hasn't gone anywhere again, he isn't going anywhere, and it will be the next coach. Uh, but but listen, man, let let's let's segue right into the NBA a little bit, and I, you know I want to get into this because. I'm having this bad feeling again, and I'm having a bad feeling because we're starting to see uh, NBA draft is tomorrow night. I'll be honest with you. I haven't even looked at it. Uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't even looked at it. Yeah, me neither. At uh, all. But, right. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, because it's so, it's, it's so crazy. The NBA draft is so weird and so, so, so uh, quirky with the way trades can go down. And they can't be announced. And you don't know, like, okay, these guys, pick, but they really didn't pick them. And he's like, I just don't even get into it. I'd rather just analyze it two days later. But the reason why I mentioned it is, you know, right now, as we, as we do this show, there's been a verbal agreement between Brooklyn and Houston to bring James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets to, to build a big three, so to speak. And that is KD Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And, this is killing me, man. It's killing me because it, it, it's exactly what I've been saying all along, that the Sixers window is only so big. And th this has to collide. Oh, it's closed now. Right. Closed right. Now. Well, that, well, that's it's over. Thing, it's over. Right. I mean, you, you had this like we're not we can't compete in the East now. No, of course I mean, not. You're kidding yourself. And and I'm sure Andre checking. I know he's he's our, our RBA guy for for the heat ratio, but. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how, as constructed right now, what you can even do to make yourself that good to be able oh, to. Oh, they got the magic it. weapon. Ben Simmons three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, and that, and that's, uh, that, Mike, that's my point. For all the people, see, here's my issue. The only way the Sixers can do anything is to shop Ben Simmons. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that, you, but but how else, what are you going to do? Explain to me. What what, what are we going to do, right? And Mike, Mike and checks in. Mike Valero, as always, great follower. Plus, the Bucks got better. Thank you. I forgot about that. They, they, they trade for Bogdanovich and for Drew Holiday. Yep. Okay, so they grab two guys, right? They get better. And what are we doing? We're just hoping again. We're hoping. Trust the that, process. 
Trust right? the process. Exactly. We're, no, now, we're, now we're trusting the doctor. Now we're we, trusting the doctor. Trust we the doctor. Gra- we grabbed two guys. I mean, we decided to grab Tobias and Al Horford. Well, that was last year. I understand, but that was the decision. I'm saying that's instead of that, because those are the salaries that are tying everything up. Well, no, no, honestly, John, that's really not the problem. That's not because what's, what's the problem? The, the problem is we have a Ben Simmons problem, right? And, and right. And what I mean by that is, and I'm again, Dave, I'm not saying that I don't love Ben Simmons. You know, for one, I've been on this show and I think Ben Simmons works harder than any athlete ever since Allen Iverson on the court. Okay. He puts it all in. He's, he, he's great defensively. He does a lot. He plays 40 plus minutes. He, you know, I, I, I respect the hell out of him for that. But the problem is for this team to win, Ben needs to score at will and he can't do that right and he no. can't do that no. especially uh, you know especially and and my and gene i'm gonna get to this trade thing you you proposed a second because you're gonna bring out what i hate Tobias is the worst contract ever is is the biggest issue it, it, it's definitely one a and one b okay and the reason why is because why you're absolutely right i've said this before we signed Tobias harris to be our scorer we signed him to be our shooter and now we're just hoping he gets 18 we're just hoping he gets 18. All right, so Max he, deal too. Max right, deal. Max deal 184 million dollars for Tobias Harris. So now again, we have to hope can Doc bring the best out of Tobias again, right? Can he bring the best out of Tobias? I, I listen, I I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. All I know is I'm watching all these other teams making moves. I, I I'm watching I don't know if you guys seen this. But now, now Denver, who to me is the third best team in the West, is, is now trying to talk about making trades, right? So it's it's unbelievable. Every team is 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 concentrated on getting better, and the Sixers are just saying, "Okay, we're going to stay in Pat, keep our guys, and hope that they work out." And again, if that, if, that, if, if David, I know you shake your head. Talk to me because if that's the way it's going to be, it's going to be another wasted year. See in two thousand twenty-two. Because 2021 is going to be nothing. I agree. I agree with 90% of the stuff you said. The Ben Simmons stuff, you know, I, I you said that you don't not not like him. I just want to see us get a shooter, a legitimate shooter with Ben and Joel on this team. Unfortunately, the way the NBA is going, if you want to be successful, you need three to 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 win a chip, right? So what is your missing? part of this puzzle to me it's a shooter and I don't want to give up Ben Simmons I don't want to give up Joel Embiid you know they're fun to watch for me as a fan I love watching Ben Simmons play the game I I I I could care less if he scores maybe I'm one of the ones in the few but I'd love all the other things that he brings to the table his constant effort the way he plays defense he's unselfish player you know, I know he can't. He doesn't score. I get it. But there are more. If you're doing a list of a thing of players, and there's pluses and minuses, his pluses way outweigh the minuses. What he does, um, to, that's just my opinion. James Harden or or another scorer, a Devin, a Booker, you know, somebody that caliber comes here. I think you have a legitimate shot to go far. But until then, Tony, I'm with you. We're like sinking in quicksand here. That's yep. what I feel like. And that Tobias deal, the only reason why he got the max deal 
if you remember this, is because we didn't we didn't get Butler. He he left. I think when he left, if I'm not mistaken, is when they decided. Oh well, you know what? We'll sign Tobias to this max contract. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. And Andre Jackson says, I told I told listeners Harden was going to Brooklyn three weeks ago. The Sixers are now in a weird spot because Brooklyn will be the worst defensive team in the East, but out up an average of 120 points a game, right? And he's 100%. He did, he, he did say, and again, let, let, let me make no mistake about it. I'm not saying that this deal 100% happens. It's just it's been talked about. There's been a mutual agreement. doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? We don't know when it will happen or if it will happen, but the thing is the prospect is there. Right. I just read on Twitter. I just read on Twitter, and this is nonsense, but James Harden prefers to come to the Sixers. That's what it said on Twitter. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, well, you know, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and again, I said this, you know, before we talked, I'll say it again. James Harden to the James Harden instead of Ben Simmons, and I'll tell you right, we're the best team in the East. Bar on, hands down. Say what you want. Ben Simmons gets off. James Harden comes on with 36 points per game. We have the shooter we need. Okay. Joel Embiid is the best, the best big man in the NBA. Okay. If he's healthy and we're good, but the problem is, you know, what other moves I know Dan says zero chance. They stand pat. I listen, I would love to say how that's not possible, but you need assets in order to make a deal. Right, they might they might not stand pat, but what what, what are we talking about? Like, what, what are we really? We're not going to get Buddy Heald. Everybody's all just Buddy Heald. We're not getting Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald might go to Denver. Denver might trade for Buddy Heald. Okay, so at the end of the day, we we may able to just be standing pat, and because there's nobody there for us to get, right? There's just nobody, and that's a problem. That's a problem. I remember two years ago, and, and, and I'll go back and say it again. I remember two years ago when the Kawhi Leonard talk was happening and when we were still doing PI Live, you know, in, in, in PI Studios, affiliateinfluence.com, and I said I would trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for Kawhi Leonard in a heartbeat. And because I know if we bring Kawhi Leonard here, we're going to win an NBA championship. Instead, Toronto decided to trade, and what happened? They won an the NBA championship. Make no mistake about it. It's, it's what do you want? Do you want one ring? Or do you want to build a team that you hope is competitive for the next five years to hope to win a ring? Let's just right. hope that if you say you want one ring, like we all said, we would do anything for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. We would yeah. trade the next 10 years of mediocrity and crap and rich co-tight and everything else. <laughs> and you know what? We got the ring and everybody forgets it. So, I mean, they're going to say <laughs> that that's what they want. Yeah, they're going to say that they want that. But deep down inside, they don't want it. Just did a quick little calculation. Tobias Harris makes $400,000 every game he plays, which averages out to about $8,800 a minute. Wow. Just, just think of that for one wow. second. $8,800 for every game minute he plays. John, he takes a sip of Gatorade and wipes himself. He just made uh, forty grand. It's hard oh work. God. It's unbelievable. The the look, and I know we don't think of max contracts that way. And I know that if he was a scorer and killing it, we wouldn't even think about it. But when you when when you look at the enormity of that contract, 
and the amount that the guy underachieves. And you know what? Everybody said, oh, well, you know what? That was the market, and you had to do that deal at that time or else you would have lost him. Someone else would have grabbed him. I get all that. I understand market conditions. How bad is the NBA that you have those types of market conditions? Can we segue into this Drew Holiday crap? Can we talk about that? Why don't we talk about that next? Yeah, what, what, Is he really worth the two first-round picks? I'm still not three. sure I even believe that that... What's that? Three. Three. I mean, three. I, I three. thought it was three first-round picks. For what? No way. Let's, You've got to be kidding me. Let's, let's double-check sure. I I think he's right. I think it was three. Who's our fact-checker? Well, I'm looking um, right now. Andre is probably going to tweet in pretty quickly or <laughs> soon. Somebody. Checker. Yeah, that Andre, is, check that out, will you, please? Uh, that would. Oh my lord! There's, there's. What? I, I Drew Hol is Drew Holiday that good? I mean, I like I, I Drew. Mean, yeah, you're, you're. Listen, you're right. Milwaukee is sending New Orleans a package that includes Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first round picks. Unprint, you know, a 2020 first from Indiana and unprotected first in 2025 and 2027. See, th there's the thing about the NBA. What so, is that? Right, right, exactly. You could be dead by then. Two okay, well, guess what? Then the Sixers, you trade your 2030th first round pick. Yeah. Hey, like, seriously, like 2027? Mm -hmm. I'd do that too. Why not? Yeah, they're going to give him cash considerations <laughs> in 2042. Yeah, like that is ridiculous. They're, I mean, come on, man. I mean, Jesus. Andre well, says Holiday is that good. Mm. Uh, well, I, I, I would, I, I would give Houston. I would give Houston our next five round first round draft picks, five year first round draft picks for James Harden. Oh yeah, we just went through that trusted process, Sam Hinky crap, and we were the worst forever. We're gonna, you're gonna go. You know what? You, you know what? You're probably right. I, we, we're probably just doing it. It's probably not a bad idea. Do something at least. I'm well, telling you, oh, man. man. I, I listen. We all I'm saying is we definitely need to do something. And speaking of doing something, how about the Philadelphia Phillies, who may have just stepped in elephant shit right now, <laughs> right? With you know, first of all, they have no idea what they're doing there in, in the front office, right? Zero. If zero. zero. Andy, zero. Mc, Andy McPhail stinks. <laughs> right. Andy McPhail stinks. Andy McPhailure. Right? Yeah, Andy McPhail. Like, what Matt are you doing? Go away. Right? Go away, Clintac. Go away. I, I, I don't know who, who I, I, I hate here more, Clintac or Peterson. I don't think you like Clintac at all. And you... then how about the infamous Ned Rice? First of all, how many kids? How many <laughs> the kids? Inf the infamous? Ned Flanders is the only Ned I've ever heard of, okay, from The Simpsons. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Like Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. That's another Ned. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. Ryerson. Oh, that is a huge pull, man. <laughs> what? Ned Ryerson. Needle knows Ned. Ned the head. Oh man, I'm telling you, Ned and, Flanders. And it brings me right in, Dan. Dan checking in with Theo, and that's exact. Theo Epstein steps down from the Chicago Cubs, and listen, this is right now. Right now, you're gassing up like like Sean Bray said to me today when we we were on the daily ticket. He's like, you're 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 gassing up the jet right now. You're gassing up the jet right now. You're flying out. You got Bryce Harper on there. You got John Middleton, and oh, and you're bringing JT Romuto, who's going to say, "Hey Theo, listen, 
This is what we're going to do. We're going to get a deal done. I'm going to be here. You're going to pay me. You're coming. We're going to pay you, too. And we're going to go out and try to win a chip. And you got and half the other plane full of sacks of cash and gold yeah. bars and bullion and yes. everything. Bitcoin. Like throw it all in there. Stocks. Chips. Yeah, everything. Show it up in a, what was that dude? Jimmy Chipwood's house or whatever. <laughs> Knock it on the door. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're bringing the stupid money. Yes. Isn't that what they said? Stupid money. The stupid, stupid Bitcoin. Money. Fill them up. Bitcoin. <laughs> Fill them up with the stupid Bitcoin. Exactly, Give them something. Man. I mean, come on. Do you go all Dave? You have to go all in, don't you? You got to go all in for Theo Epstein. Right? Uh, yeah, I'll I do it. Right? Then yeah. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. You got to go all in. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. I mean, listen, I know the guy says he wants to take a year off. Well, guess what? Daryl Morey wanted to take a year off, too. And guess what? He's he, he's with the Philadelphia 76ers. So if you made the guy a big enough offer, he's coming, yeah. man. Right? He's coming. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Trevor's checking it, saying, have fun with Andy McPhail. Yeah, I know, Trevor. One playoff series win since 2003. He's talking about McPhail. Wow. McPhail year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dan checking it. He said, do wants to be part owner. Well, well, Mr. Middleton, here's your stake in ownership. I'm in. I'll give a part ownership. Have you seen what Theo Epstein has done? Like, legitimately, with Boston and Chicago, he turns those franchises around. Dude, he's got a killer data model, and his model is ridiculous. It's so on point, the way this guy builds teams and wins. Um, yeah, why, They would be foolish not to extend some kind of offer to him. Foolish. But maybe, uh, but maybe does, he, does he still want to... Does he still want to be in the league? Is he done? Is he burned out? I mean, does he want some time off? We, that dude's know, a machine. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know what I mean? This. This just happened today. Not, not sure what the reports are. You know why he stepped down? I mean, it just came out all of a sudden he's stepping down. So not really sure. You know what's going to go on with that? You know what I mean? Not really sure at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Phillies have an opening, and when when a guy like this becomes available. It, it, you know, I, I understand they're talking about, ah, oh, it's a pandemic and we're, stop, stop people. You know, they made every excuse in the book, but le last time I checked the Miami Marlins are, are breaking barriers, you know, it, you know, bringing a woman into the executive party. Okay. Make, just showing how awesome that the Marlins ownership really is. They're making moves, right? You got Artie Marino coming out today with the LA Angels saying, our payroll's never going to, we're not going down in payroll in 2021, right? But here's the Phillies. Ah, uh, we have a pandemic. Uh, we, we, uh, we're, uh, stop, man. What We're always making friggin' excuses here. I don't understand. Like, why are we always stuck with the stiffs? We're always stuck with the stiffs in this town. Like, it, 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 it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, thank frauds, God we're not man. a Pittsburgh Pirate franchise, but, I mean, still, at the end of the day, no offense, John, but, uh, you know, who Mike says bring Jordan Belford with him. Who's Jordan Bell? I heard that name before, Jordan Belford. He He's another executive, I think. Uh, Mike, t tell me uh, who that is. I forget. Jordan uh, I Belford. Know, I, I think uh, Jordan Belford's the wolf of Wall Street. Well, <laughs> pay him. Yeah, exactly. Um how long does he need? What if you say, give us five to seven years and he can walk away? Hey, I, I, I'll take five years. Rebuild, rebuild the farm system, rebuild the franchise, and make us into a contender. I'm all about that, man. I'm all about that. I, I, I think that's definitely needed, 100%. It's a move you have to make. Uh, John, what do you think? Is it are, are You go all in or you say, I will stick with Ned Rice? I, I think you go <laughs> in on it, but... I mean, I will say, look, what he did with the Cubs, his first three years with the Cubs, he had losing seasons, all right? So he's going to be walking into a team 
that already has a Bryce Harper. I mean, more similar to what he did with the Red Sox. I don't yes. quite know what exactly he had that year. What was it, 2001 or whatever <laughs> that he, he walked in? I don't remember the exact team that was in place. I know he was instrumental in getting Garcia Parra. <laughs> um, but yep. wow, look, that's good. I mean, that, he's, that's good, John. I forgot nice about that. Nice pull. Nice pull. Yeah, he, no more. He's an he's an intelligent guy, and yes, that's a guy that I want running my you know running my team and running the show. Um, so I think yeah, you go after him. I, I don't even want to say that it's it's like the Sixers. It's I mean. I don't know. It just seems like the franchise is same thing. It's like, all right, you got Harper, you got Rio Muto you're trying to hang on to. It's like, is the structure of the team in the right spot? So he may come on and, you know, there may have to be a couple moves to get some cohesion and get some pieces that fit right together. I mean, but yeah, you go after him. I mean, he's still a guy that's going to improve your team and improve your team better then, yeah, I mean, he's going to bring on players. You know what I mean? So he's, he's going to, right. And so his bringing him on is actually bringing other players on to make your team better. So you pay that smaller amount to get the better, you know what I mean? Just a better infrastructure. He, you know, Mike says he did tear the Cubs down. Are we ready for that? I'm ready for whatever they need to do in order to win. All I know is one thing for sure I have a manager that I love. I have a right fielder that I cherish, and I need a catcher that I'm going to be in love with for the next five to seven years as well. And if you give me that, you can tear whatever the hell you want apart and rebuild, and that's all you need to rebuild that franchise. And I think that Theo Epstein, if he does want to tear it down, I think he's the guy to do it. Now, I'll tell you what, this is the year, again, we got to talk Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball 2021 Hall of Fame class, and obviously it's going to come into – the Barry Bonds conversation and the Roger Clemens conversation. And and I, for one, with everything going on, I say let them all in, man. Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. And, I, and, and, and again, I am not – I here's the thing. I don't care about the steroid issue in the sense that I don't care if you bring it up. Bring them – put them in, you know, acknowledge it. Because it is a part of baseball history. Say what you want, but you should just acknowledge it, right? You, you you need to acknowledge the error. And I think it's over there. Those guys are going up in votes every single year, okay? Every single year they're going up in votes. And it, it, it's going to continue, okay? It's, it, it's going to continue no matter what. And every single year that they get hired, eventually they're going to get in. People are just going to have to deal with it, okay? They're going to have to deal with it. Uh, and, and I mean, John, do you have a problem with Barry Bonds getting in the Hall of Fame? Not a problem. I, I, I'm on your side. I mean, he should be in. Pete Rose should be in. Bonds, Clemens, they they should be in. I mean, their statistics are just so far and above. Like, I mean, you look at who these guys go up against every year, and it's like, how are they not in there? You go back to. I don't even know what the ages are, but there were alcoholics in Major League Baseball. There were, you know, yes. uh, you know, abusers in baseball. I mean, just bad, bad role models. But back in the day, it was accepted. All right. It's not right in today's day and age. It wasn't right back then, but it was accepted for whatever reason. So I'm just saying, look, there there's things that you could do that are worse. Um, 
did it give him an advantage? Yeah, possibly. Did it give Barry Bonds a what a 762 home run advantage? No. I mean, he was his batting average. I mean, I don't know if steroids does anything for your hand-eye coordination, but what he did, the sad thing is Bonds could have been in the Hall of Fame probably never touching a steroid whatsoever. Same thing with Clemens. They would have been in the Hall of Fame regardless. So I think they got they definitely have to go. And Pete Rose, literally, that wasn't even performance enhancing. I mean, that was just that was a gambling. I mean, that's a gambling habit or yeah. a habit or not. But I mean, that's not that's no different than than the drinking habits that uh, what were the guys on the Yankees back in the day that had it. You know what I mean? Or so they were alcoholics, but that was okay. They could get in. Well, this dude's a gambler, which is still an addiction, but he can't get in. So, you know, what's funny is you look at this ballot, right? Can you guys see this ballot or is it just me? Yep. yep. All right. So ballot's up. I know it's a little small. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I can't blow it up right now. But, you know, you look at, you know, this is the ninth year of, uh, uh, you know, of eligibility for Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds. I think it's inevitable that Kurt Schilling gets in, right? Uh, I, you know, this year. I, I, I have no doubt about that he's going to get in. Uh, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they keep inching up, right, towards that percentage every year. But then if you look below them, right, I mean, look at some of these names. Uh, Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, right? Uh, Gary How is Sheffield? he a Hall of Fame candidate? Well, you know what? I, I think it all – listen, I mean, you look at his numbers. I guess he uh, – yeah. <laughs> Mike, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Hey, listen, he got 35% of the uh, 35% I, of the I know. Already. I just, oh, God. Right? I mean, think about that. Th Billy Wagner, 31%. Gary Sheffield, who I loved, 30%. Todd Helton, 29%. Okay, Matt. yeah, Todd Helton. Different story. He, Come on, dude. It's Todd Helton. Todd Helton is one of the most underrated. Underrated because he played in Colorado. Nobody knew, nobody knew what he was doing out there. I, it, <laughs> it, 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 you're right. You're right. And that's the thing. You know, nobody knew. Nobody. And here's what I will say about this list. And one thing sticks out to me right now. You look at number 12 and Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, ninth year of eligibility. The most he's gotten is 13.9%. Barry Bonds, ninth, 61%. Now, the reason why I say that is because I think baseball, that, that's the difference to me. You know, like, like Dave said, Dave, you're right. You hit the nail right on the head where Barry Bonds didn't need the roids to be Barry Bonds, right? It just made him extra special. Sammy Sosa needed the roids to be able to swing a friggin' bat. He, without the roids, he stinks. Yeah. He's terrible. Yeah. He does nothing, right? And that's the difference. And I think the writers understand that. It's one thing. I'm not in love with the writers all the time, but that's one thing that you can look at and say, okay, 13%, they know what's up, right? They know what's up. And look at these first year about Tim Hudson, right? <laughs> Mark, Mark Burley. Shane Tori. Victorino. Yeah. Shane Victor, Shane Victor, the flying Hawaiian. Shane Victorino. How is Shane Victorino on this list? What is well, this? Not, yeah, well, I think it's anybody who's eligible. Like, I don't even think it goes by stat. It's just like say, hey, these guys have retired X amount of years. And these, I, I guess, I mean, Billy I, Wagner. I have to look into it, to wow. be honest with you. Billy Wagner. AJ Burnett. 
Nick Swisher? Isn't he doing like Twitter memes now? Nick like, I, Swisher? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Uh, Latroy Hawkins? This wow. is the, I mean, look, these are like good players, but they, are they Hall of Fame caliber? I mean, I want to see if they get votes. I, I'm curious if they get votes. Look, my, I mean, my, my thing of this, my thing is this. If there are any players, okay, that were in the steroid era that are already in the Hall of Fame or are highly being considered for the Hall of Fame, then they all should be in there. And a lot of people that did not get caught were on the juice. It was like a whole, it was an era of steroids, man. So if you're going to let one in, they all got to go in. That's wow. what I keep saying, man. I keep saying the same I don't thing. Know, you're going to let yeah, not, well, 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 I mean, the guys are. I mean, come on, Barry Bonds is the home run leader for Christ's Look, here's here's the way I look at the steroids era. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean them all. I just said, you know, the good players yeah, yeah, of that yeah. era that are Hall of Fame eligible. Look, I didn't mean them knock, all. Knock fifteen percent, somewhere between ten. And, I don't know, twenty might be a little much. Knock fifteen percent off of their stats, and I think that's what they are without steroids. And if that still puts you in, then you're in. That plain, I that's just that's kind of my opinion. So you knock fifteen percent off of Sosa batting two seventy three, maybe. It's the John the the cream and the clear adjustment factor. I got it. So we'll call yes, it CC exactly. percentage, cream and yes. clear percentage. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> All I know is some of those names in that list. I mean, listen, I you know I have so many fond memories of a lot of the players on that of course. list. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them good, some of them bad. I mean, the biggest thing I remember, Jeff Kent's getting sucker punts in the dugout, right? So, <laughs> uh, right? Remember that. Right? I mean, Jeff These Kent. Writers, was... though, the, the writers, really, I mean, honest to God, it burns my britches. These oh. guys. They, 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 have, they, they, they write about these guys like they're holy rollers, like they've never done anything exactly. that should be, that, that should be, uh, judged right like who are these people why are they even involved in judging a sport that they might not even ever put a jock strap on these people and, it's, it's, and, it's, it's, it seems like they have a lot of power dave you're right and they and they are deciding who gives a crap i'm done with this i don't care pete rose bet on everything every day of his life i don't care it's a travesty pete rose, he should he, he pete should rose he, before he, should be. he dies should be in the hall of fame Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens might be one of the best starting. It's, it's, it's in probably everybody's top five all time, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds could get. You know what Greg Maddox said about Barry Bonds? This is great. Maddox is awesome, right? Everybody love loves Maddox. Maddox. He said he was the easiest hitter to pitch to. He was the easiest hitter to pitch to, and this is brilliant. He said, "If it matters, I walked him." he said if not i just threw he said you know what and i'm like how if players respect you if players think you are the best then you should be a hall of famer if other if if you're there should be a vote with fans and players yeah not not writers just write about it don't tell us who should be in the hall of fame I, baseball, I, baseball I, I turned their back on Barry Bonds. They made a lot of money off that man, yes. and um, you know they turned their back on him when he needed them the most. Regardless, they'll say, "Oh, he was an idiot in the locker room, and you know he, he was wasn't cohesive." Human. And who cares he was a, what he was? Yeah. The guy right. excelled, and he did what he had to do. 
And uh, when they raise the stakes, the guy raised the stakes even more, just like everybody else. And don't tell me that Roger Clemens wasn't uh, wasn't an unbelievable pitcher before he started rubbing that shit on his arms. Trust me, he yeah. was great. Yes, okay, yeah. he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I, yeah. He I deserves. It. Barry Bonds is hated throughout media and 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 all the those sports networks and the the sport beat writers. He was not a good human, and teammates might not have liked him either. Is Mark but, McGuire in the Hall of Fame? No, no. So not are, are any of the any of the Juice guys in? No. Uh, the, listen, wow. Ricky, Henderson. In. Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson. I'm not he saying was Ricky out of did. his mind. I yes. don't know if Ricky did the juice not, but he was part of that. Well, Piazza did. Je- and Jeff Bagwell, damn sure, did the juice. Oh, you know, you know, he did. There. You know what? Dave brings up an interesting point. It's a archaic system by these these old guys that are they're holding on to any power that they still have left, that the sport is diminishing by the day. And they won't get together and say, you know what? Perhaps this isn't this isn't the best thing, or just do the right thing and put the people in that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the Pete Rose thing is the most ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. And think about it this way too: for you know, for uh, you say you you make a brilliant point, Mike, because it's it's a sport that's dying. It's a sport that needs attention. What better way to get attention than let Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame than let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? I mean, everybody's going to be talking about it. If, if they get voted, every network in America is going to be talking about it. Great point. There's no such thing as negative publicity. No, and you know what? Maybe never. that's what they're doing. Maybe they're waiting for the sport to hit an all-time low. You know, okay. like uh, Middleton and that other bonehead, Clintac, whatever they said. Oh, you know, uh, we got to see what happens. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of revenue. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, unbelievable. You know, and I know we sort of got away from that leadership because we could sit there and talk about them, talk about them all day. But um, yeah, if the FMLB, Tony's a great point. If they wanted to bring some attention, get some really good killer advertising, they would let these guys in. But you so, know, hey, the pure, the purest of the game will get upset. The purists are like 90 or they're freaking dead. Right. <laughs> Why can't that sport evolve? Hey, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely well, right. I just want to add in one guy that I didn't hear mentioned was Manny Ooh. Ramirez at number nine. Oh, yeah. Steroids. He was part of the juice. He was part of the juice crew. Well, I'm just saying. Like, are you guys, guys purists with baseball? Here's the thing, man. Hold on, Matt. Like real fit, Manny Ramirez. I, yeah, juice or not? Like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll be honest with you. I, I think Manny Ramirez could very well. And Dave, I know you're the professional one out of all three of us here. Okay, or I should say all, all four of us. But I think Manny Ramirez could be what one of the top three best purest hitters to ever play the game of baseball. Yeah, he was he was fun to watch, man. He was I, I you didn't want to see the Phillies pitch to him, did you? No. I mean, when Remember he when was, was up, the Dodgers, yeah, was, exactly we didn't want right. to pitch to him, man. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want exactly to pitch to him. Right. Yes, he I was mean, one he, of those guys, man. He, he he was very talented, man. Yeah, very. I just talented. watched I just watched film on him when he was uh, a rookie, and it was for the Red Sox, right? Okay, and, and it was his first year, his first at bats on the team. He hit a ground rule double. I forget where it was, but he thought it went over the fence, right? So it hit the grass in the outfield and hopped up over the bleachers. And Manny does a home run trot. He's rounding third. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, the, and the dugout's like, yo, dude, go back to second. <laughs> Guess what he did Manny. at second at bat? I, I absolutely love Manny. Guess man. what he did I, at second at bat? I'm glad you brought it up, John. Manny's one, one of my favorites, man. He hit a home run. 
Yeah, he hit a home run. His great story. I seen him once. He was in a hotel lobby walking with his girlfriend. Oh, Big really? guy, man. He looks yeah, I was maybe less than five feet from him, and um, everybody was looking at him. That was like, I guess when I don't want to say baseball was more popular. I still right. think it's popular, but it was, you know, it was definitely more noticed. And I don't know if it was during the, the the. I think it was after all that. I think it was sort of after he was just like at the tail end of his career. But it was a he's a huge guy. Yeah, he. he How tall was he, Mike? Was he was he tall as well? I mean, I know he's a thick guy, but I don't remember him being tall per se. But he was just he was just wide. He was Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, Jenna Jenna checks in late. She's trolling us now. She's like Jenna. She's got Giants look good. <laughs> yeah, she said the NFC is a dumpster fire, worse yeah. than a dumpster fire. She's right, and, she and even worse than that. You heard it here first. Pittsburgh loses second round in a playoffs. Oh, John, go ahead, John. I know you want to say something. She's going. She's going right after. She went right after you, John. Right after you. That ain't cool. That ain't cool, John. (laughs) Hey, I don't even know who. I don't even know if we're playing a second round. All right. Yeah. Well, you're going to get a buy. You would get a buy. Well, you know what? But no. But there was talk of if. If the season has to extend, there or, oh, or yeah. teams that don't finish, like can't finish all their games, they may extend the playoffs another two teams. In which case, nobody would get a bye. Ooh, yeah, interesting. That's interesting. Which that's would right. suck ass being like that team that's nine and zero, yeah. and then all of a sudden, for you. oh, sorry, no bye. And then the yeah, three no and five bye. Eagles go on and win the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever happens, led by Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, good. Let go. There you go. I like that. Led by Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. The the new oh sensation, like in excess said. Uh, but now, nah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that that would be fantastic. I would love well, it. Carson Wentz would jump off the Ben Franklin dude. Oh, he he's already listen. He's already got to look at the Nick Foles statue. I mean, we got yeah. we, we got we got a statue of a guy that he got he got taken out on a car for a hip pointer. Okay, so let's let's think about that. Did you see that? He did you see the game? So it looked like he got shot with a grenade. Okay, <laughs> right. It looks like he got. Remember when Coy Detmer got tore up? Oh yeah, Chicago. I remember he was that. Like flailing on the ground. Remember with his elbow. Right, Nick Foles. He got hit. Did a like a flip. It that was like like a stiff statue on the ground. Like I don't even know what happened to him. They bring out the cart and everything, right? They're giving a thumbs up as he's going off the field. Like they're like, oh, that comes out today. He had a he had a springed anus and a hip pointer. Are you kidding me? That's who we have a statue of. Nick Foles. Hit, hip pointer. Like, come on, dude. Like, like Drew Brees has got four punctured lung, got a punctured lung of four cracked ribs. He's walking off the field, and Nick Foles Five. getting carted off by the trainer for a hip pointer and a sprained ass. Did they really say a spra- Did they really use the terminology I sprained gl- anus? No. <laughs> I don't even, they, didn't, no. they didn't say that, did they? No, I just, I, that's no. a jigsawism. No, that's what they could about. always sprain a joint. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Actually, I, I just, I just watched it. I just watched it. He got, yeah, his, yeah, he got smashed. Yeah, but, but come on, Mike. Like, I, I guess it's a bruised tailbone. You ever, yeah. have you ever done that? That's a painful injury, man. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, then some guy, some guy Bray came in after Foles. Foles sustained a sprained anus, and the backup quarterback <laughs> now is Bray. I'm watching it right now. Let me see. Oh yeah, he's well, it doesn't look that tall. I thought that's what Doug and Carson have is a sprained it's, anus. It just, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> it just looks like a regular hit, Tone. You're right. It doesn't even look like it's. Yeah. 
I guess maybe well, it's the well, way maybe maybe it's the way he landed on his anus. I guess this, <laughs> this may this may be the first time a player's gotten carted off the field, but still starts next week. He's right, like not exactly. even rolled out. Like, are you week. kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. they, hey, well, here here you go. The defensive lineman Hicks and like basically like tore something in his leg, and he's still limping around the sideline. And Foles is getting carried on a cart. Like, are you, like you got to be kidding me, man! So you can't make this stuff up. And he's got the statue. Uh, let, don't even let me get started on that. Did Carson did Carson Wentz finish that game with a torn ACL when he threw the yes. touchdown pass against well, no, him? Carson Wentz threw that. But he went back in and threw a touchdown. He threw a touchdown oh, pass with, a, with a, yeah. And make, did make remember McNabb played most of the game with a broken leg. He was he threw four, yeah. He threw four touchdowns that game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and Nick Foles, but Nick Mc, Foles McNabb should have been liked a hell of a lot more in Philadelphia than he was. You know, we should dedicate a whole episode to McNabb because I was one of the. I used to trash him all the time. I would do that. I, I, I just I just think we all forget about how great he really was. Yeah, he just never had. You know what it was? It was just a big connection. When you have a big connection with the fan base, especially in Philadelphia, you just never get the recognition that you deserve. It just or happens, he just yeah right? the clutch thing. He just right. he just wasn't. It wasn't right. I mean, well, he's I, always going to be known as throwing up in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's you know, unfortunately it's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know? know that it's a whole episode, but I mean, we could sit around the campfire and have s'mores and talk about them for a while. You know, that's a good I mean? idea. Yeah, are you going like, to like, bring that, the s'mores? That's more the conversation of McNabb, like, like not John like an hour s'mores. podcast. That's a good idea. Who the hell talks about s'mores? S'more. Who doesn't love s'mores? Talk about s'mores? McNabb. That's who talks about <laughs> s'mores. That's who talks about s'mores. How about like getting like pizza and wings? Who the freak wants s'mores? Why'd you say s'mores? Yeah, now I want to. Now I want to smore because, Thanks, because it's like Thank a you. little kumbaya moment with uh, McNabb by the fire and smoke. <laughs> I get it. I say I we just it. have like a Ricky Williams P- roast pizza and, and wings, like smoke a bowl. Pizza and wings sounds like a Carson Wentz bashing. I saw an ad for Ricky Williams on Cameo. No, oh, he's yeah. on a cameo. He's on cameo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. I was flipping through Facebook and I got targeted a cameo ad, and it was Ricky Williams because I know the phone is listening and transcribing whatever I'm saying and feed me back advertisements. And don't say that doesn't happen to everybody here because you oh, know yes, it does. Absolutely. So we were talking about Ricky Williams getting blazed out last week. All of a sudden, I started getting cameo ads, and here's Ricky Williams. His hair's all gray. He looks freaking stoned. He looks like he's having a great time. Oh, he's probably loving life, man. Probably loving life. Probably broke. Love and love. That's why he's on cameo. But uh, hey, man, if he socked away, you know, five, ten million, he ain't got to do anything. Did, for let's the rest hope of his he life. did. Let's, let's hope, hope. Let's hope he did. That's all I gotta say. Let's hope he did. All, all I gotta all say is Scott what's, Storch. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him as a guest. He has to come. We have to figure out how to get him in here as a guest. Imagine? We need to hear it. this story. Well, it is well. We're gonna let Mike tell this in a second because the reason why this came up is because, as you guys know, we, we we've uh, you know we've dedicated a, a five ten minutes end of the show every week to some music, and I think because it's it, obviously we all love music, it tells a story. And you know, twenty one years ago, the Chronic two thousand and one dropped. Okay, twenty one years ago. Whenever we talk about this, I feel so goddamn old. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, uh, the reason why uh, you know that album to me. It is so symbolic is because, you know, obviously the chronic, the first chronic was the evolution of Snoop Dogg, right? It was like the introduction, I should say, of Snoop Dogg with Dr. Dre. And this one, you know, added the Eminem element. And one of the most underrated rappers of all time, Exhibit. And I don't know if you guys are Exhibit fans or uh, if you remember the album At the Speed of Light. 
which was unbelievable. Uh, the song Paparazzi Foundation. Uh, Exhibit, to me, was probably one of the hardest rappers that I've ever listened to, and he never got the recognition, only because he never went mainstream. But this album allowed him to go mainstream. And it just it's just a, an unbelievable story of Dr. Dre. You know, The Chronic, I think, if was 93? I think the uh, was yeah, it was, 90, it was December '92. Okay, and not, right, right before '93. Yeah, I, and and then you figure ten years, nine years later, it comes out with the Chronic 2001, and a, I mean, you got what's the difference? That song hits so hard. If you had a system in your car and you throw, what's the difference? I mean, that song was 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 unbelievable. It was. And Mike, tell us a little background story of the Dr. Dre that you showed us before. Right. So when I was digging around earlier uh before the show now I'm a, I'm a big fan of music right i consider myself to know a little bit about a lot in terms of music specifically about uh hip-hop music and the era the golden age of hip-hop in the late 80s early 90s right that was just that's where i think i that's where the most the breadth of my knowledge is really concentrated on and um when i was digging around i had come across this guy uh his name is scott storch and and i i didn't know but this was the producer that was behind um, that song on uh, on on Chronic Two Thousand One, you know. Um, and, and I saw some videos on him on YouTube, and he's actually playing the keyboard uh, directly to the song. He's playing the riff of that of that track. And when I started digging in, I found out that this guy is behind ten of the biggest songs in in that era that were all produced by Dr. Dre. So I dug in a little bit more, and you see a lot of the stuff that he was doing, although Dre gets credit for it, Dre was the executive producer, and Storch was the guy making all of the key riffs. Now, Dre was laying the beats down, okay? So all the beats are coming from Dre. But the heavy piano synths, think about it. The 50 Cent, you got um, uh, you got the stuff that the, ga uh, the game. Um, think what, about 50 Cent. What's the song? Don't you know about me? The, the, the PIMP song. You, you can, hear the riff right in you there. You can hear the Scott Storch sound after you listen to a couple of them. What was the one that Dre produced that had Eve? The biggest song from Eve, right? I know you know what it is. And she uh, was from, the, from Who's from That Philly, Girl? Right? Who's That Girl? I don't know, but I, you'll I, hear I, Storch was the guy with, with the keys on that one. I mean, so many of them. There's at least 10 to 20 of the biggest songs that came out during that era was this guy named Scott Storch. And it's crazy thing about Philadelphia. He's a white guy from Philly. The dude lived in Ben Salem in Cherry Hill. That's I mean, and, and he's the guy that's behind all these amazing sounds. So during the hoopla of all of that, he goes out to Los Angeles, becomes this gigantic producer. He makes like, I don't know, it was almost $70 million, $100 million. And he winds up, by 2010, the guy's like, just about broke. He basically snorted his whole career away, all went to drugs, all went to party, and he got into that Hollywood elite scene. He stopped producing music, and he basically completely fell off. And he, you know, he went totally bankrupt. He blew through a hundred million dollars. And there's a story in there that Suge Knight uh, knew he was all screwed up on drugs and you know, uh, took advantage of him and had him sign over his entire catalog and royalties and stole all of his royalties. And Suge Knight's tied up in that and but now the guy's like he's making a comeback and he's like putting all these videos on YouTube and you could see 
when he starts playing the keyboard and laying the beats down and you just hear that entire error. And it's funny because when you, when you wanted to talk about this Dre album, this guy, Scott Storch is all over it. He's all over the production. He's all over the production that came out during that entire era. So I thought it was funny because I mean, I, I know, you know, I'm pretty dialed into who producers are and who lays beats down because it's an interest of mine. And I had never heard of this guy. Nobody ever heard of this guy. Me neither. When you matched it to me, I was like, what? Who the hell is this guy? And then you listened and you're like, wow, right. he's talented. Serious. Very and he is talented. talented. Now he's coming back and he's laying beats down. And I, ho I hope he can. Uh, look, I know that sound is past, but I, I heard he, he's been doing all kinds of stuff. So, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he can resurrect his career because that guy's got some major, major talent. Ben you Salem. Know, the local ben drug Salem. dealers know his name. Local I think. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, out. Sure. I'm sure I, I'm sure it's got a, a, an eight ball emoji attached to a Twitter handle too. Dude, anybody that can snort $70 million worth of cocaine and wow. live to tell about it is a freaking legend, I guess. I don't know. He's friends, he's friends with Keith Richards. <laughs> well, he, he might be. He might be, man. Scott Storch. We got to get him as a guest, man. We'd love to have a conversation with him. Yeah. We're, we're going to track him down. He's a fellow Bucks County boy, so maybe he'll give us a give us a solid. Yeah, you know, Salem High School. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Crazy, uh, but nah, it's crazy. And you know what's funny? And you know, you look at two thousand and one, and you know, the Chronic obviously to me was probably the the most infamous album that year because you look and it wasn't a good year for albums. I mean, you know, listen, Eve Scorpion drops. Uh, you know, obviously Jay Z the Blueprint. I mean, that was a tremendous album. Uh, you know, Wu-Tang comes out with an album, Iron Flag, which a lot of people don't remember because it kind of wasn't like it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't, you know, it, listen, they, they had a lot of underground albums and that was one of them. Uh, Busta Rhymes, Genesis, which wasn't that great. One of the, one of the underrated ones of 2001, Ja Rule, Pain is Love. And Ja Rule, I, I, man, when he hit the scene in the beginning, I don't think there was anybody more popular than Ja Rule. Right, I mean, it, it was between him, and if you guys remember, it was probably between him and Noriega, who probably had the most cameos on other people's songs. It was like we need to get Ja Rule on his song, you know, whether you know he did all the songs with Ashanti, and then you got Noriega, who was who was always on somebody's jam all the time. So, I mean, two thousand and one produced some pretty solid music. Uh, the, the Beat Nuts, Nas came out with Stillmatic. I used to love the Beat Nuts. All right, well, oh, beat nuts were great, man. Yeah, but they you were. Remember, 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 Stillmatic with the the, the the um, it was the diss track, the the Jay Z diss track called Ether. That that was the big uh, the big track for Nas Stillmatic. Foxy Brown, Broken Silence, D Twelve, Devil's Night. I mean, Beanie like Siegel. Wow, Beanie Siegel was was hard. Tone, let me take you back real quick because I just did a quick little quick little search on Storch. Oh, right, real quick, you got me. Uh, Roots featuring Erica Badu and Eve. Oh, that's a great song. Okay, that's in 1999. Still DRE. Okay. Still, oh, it's a beautiful song. Your boy X exhibit the song X. Okay. Love it. Uh, X Fighter, Christina Aguilera, The Streets, which was uh, Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg. Can't Hold Us Down. Lean Back. He did the Lean Back. He did the Lean Back from, from Fat Joe? Yes. Yes. Oh. That's him. How about clap back from Ja Rule? Uh, me, myself, and I, Beyonce, naughty girl, Beyonce, let me love you, Mario. Um, don't say wow. nothing. The roots, candy shop, Fifty Cent, just a little bit, Fifty Cent, dude, get it popping. No. Uh, I mean, run it from Chris Brown. I mean, oh, that, oh, a tremendous song, tremendous song. 
Dude, think about how much he did, this guy. Get up, 50 Cent, uh, bingo, Gucci Mane. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Think about some of the songs you just you, like that you just mentioned. That's that's pure gold. Pure gold. gold Nobody heard of this guy. No, that's uh, I, well, we're, we heard of him, and, and, and we, we just probably gave him more airplane than he's got in the past five years. Right? Yeah, sorry, I, I I know you're on a roll there, so please no, continue. I no, don't we're wanna... done. I mean, that was it. I mean, there, there's not many. There was only 26 albums released in the top uh, the the top 20 or uh, the top 40 for hip hop in 2001, and, and a lot of them weren't that very good. So, yeah, don't uh, you think that that was sort of like? I want to say the beginning of the of end. The it, was, it was kind of down at that point, right? Yeah. Because then the door opened for some, you know, then it was just the door opened for Eminem. And then it was just Eminem really dominating, right? And then it got quiet. And then who opened up around 2005 and six? Ludacris? Was, Maybe like yeah, Ludacris? yeah. It was like the Southern rap started, yeah. you know, the crumb yeah. started, all that stuff. And I, that's not something that I really got into. I kind Me of tuned either. out at that point. Yeah, I was the same way. I right. was absolutely the same way. Right, uh, right. Yeah, I, yeah I, it was in 2001, you're right. I mean, it was like after like 98, 99, once we got to the 2000s, it kind of it kind of mellowed out. Right, yeah, right? exactly. It really did, definitely. But we're going to try to get this this uh, Chris Storch on the show, man. I like that. We're going to look got, him we, up. We, we got to. We could just I'm going to have to use my PR connection to try to get, get in the publicist right here. And Scott, that. if you're listening, we're obviously huge fans, and we'd love to yes. hear your story. And if you could play a couple of riffs from uh, Still DRA live on the show, line. that would be like and, awesome. And Storyline. Right. I mean, we'd love well, I don't, I don't think he does that anymore. But um, <laughs> let's hope Let's hope not. Let's hope no, not. He, no, he's That's he's a kid's a kid good. show. That's a kid He's show. Doing kid good. Show. Yeah. No. yeah, we don't. Yeah, play. this is G rated, so I got to be careful. We don't. Yeah, we don't do that stuff here. Yeah, we definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, G rated. You went yeah, all the G way rated. to G, dude. You can't just be. Well, we don't do that stuff anymore. Okay, yeah, not anymore. Exactly. exactly. So we're PG thirteen now. Yeah, right. We're, yeah, we're, right. We're, we're we're Paul George. That's what we are right here. All right, we're Paul George, except we show up when we have to. Uh, but now nah, I'm sorry. We do that. a. Uh, we're gonna do. do we're gonna do a pull from the CD rack before we. Yeah, uh, we, gotta, we, we before we go. We have to, you know, because we missed John's segment last week. And again, we're we're hour forty seven minutes, so we're gonna cut this off at an hour and fifty. So we got John. We got two minutes here to wind this down. Okay, and, and Dave wasn't Dave wasn't here for this, so we're gonna let Dave. Pick the the number and the sex date. There's well, five sections. I th- okay. I think each of you pick one. Five right. sections, one through thirty. So each of you pick one, and because we know there's some duds in there. All right. Well, I'm gonna go, uh, Dave. You go first. You got you know, section one through five, number one through thirty. Give them a section and a number. Oh my God. Section five, number thirteen. All right. Got it. Mike, yeah, Mike. Section two, number 20. Why do I'm I feel like that? I'm going to go one. I'm going to go. Let's go one, one. Oh, Section yeah. One, one. one. He, he's going to bid one dollar. Garbage that was just put on top. Yeah. That's like, all right. One, one, one. And just so the audience knows why John gets this, John has this, this various array of very unique music, I guess. That's one way to put it. Right, and we're not really sure what he's ever going to pull out. So he actually has them in encyclopedia. And Andre, yo, Andre's still with us here. Andre's getting in. Uh, we we got to do four. So Andre says four number eight. So we're going to get that one in for Andre as well because he's part of this family as well. 
So we'll, four we'll, number eight there, John. Don't forget to pull that yeah, one. Sure, John that one's a doozy. One. That's Andres. He can't even hear us right now. He's over there. Like we got uh, He's. I, you know what he's doing? He's manipulating. He's doing something. He's changing I, things around. He's just supposed yeah. to grab and come back to the desk. Yeah, exactly. And if he's having issues, his his system sucks because he should be able to just go over there five thirteen and grab a pole. Looks like. Look at him. He looks. He's all over. It looks place. like. It looks like there's voting manipulation. He's stuffing ballot boxes. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Yo, I want to recount. I want to recount. Look, look, he, he still can't even hear us. Look at him. Look at him. Hey, John, we got another one for you when you're done. Andre's checking in. He wants he wants section four, number eight. Section four, number eight. Yeah, just grab that one real quick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what is this? Could you imagine, could you imagine if it's like uh, straight out of Compton? Yeah, that would be great. That would be great if he pulled that, right? As long as it's not another banned one. That was weak. I'll, For some I'll, reason, I got a feeling it's the cranberries. I'll, I'll, no, look, I'll, 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 like go, I'll go Andre first, all right? The, all right, we'll dude. give it Andre first. Four number eight. What we got, John? What's in that CD wild? Show it. Let's see it. Let's see this gold. What? Oh, what the hell is that? Bell is that Bip the Booty Mac. Wow. <laughs> Bell Nice. Nice. Oh, well done. Yeah, well done, Andre. You got well done, done, Andre. Nice pull. Uh, there's some Ru- good jams on this one. So wow. That was Andre. Wow, Man. very, very nice. I like we're, that. I, I like that. We're gonna go. So, Dave got the source hip hop hits four. Okay, <laughs> what's wrong like, with that? What's on there, John? On there. Nelly, country grammar. Oh, solid. Common, DMX party up. <laughs> Dr. Dre, the Ooh. next episode. Nothing wrong with that. Nah, that's a, I, I had a bunch of source albums. LL Cool J, Imagine, Imagine That. Eminem, yeah, The Real Slim Shady. Oh, yeah. One, yeah, no doubt. That's a solid pull. Good job. That's yeah. a good one, John. Yeah, that's a good one. We like that. Whose was Lil, that? Lil Kemp. That, uh, was, uh, da- that was Dave's. That was Dave. Dave nice job, Dave. Dave. Here we go. All nice right. work. <laughs> now here comes Mike, the butthole Mike, yeah, surfer. You're going to be a little disappointed, but oh yeah, <laughs> I can see this one coming. Do you guys remember Soul for Real? Candy yeah, Rain. sure, sure, Candy of course. Rain. That's a good Candy song. Rain. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great album. Yeah, man. Candy Soul Rain. for Real, man. I'm not disappointed at all. John, you are R and B. John, you got it dialed in. I knew that CD well, rack was full. I told of you last yeah, week was that? You were like surprised that last week we had like my my favorite story from Bandcamp from American Pie. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. The source hip hop. You that, thought he was going to pull out the. You thought he was going to pull out the Allman Brothers' greatest hits or something, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, we're well, not stereotypical at all. And then not not in the uh, original case, but we got the biggie. We got oh, wow. uh, we got ready to die. Yeah. Uh, who who whose pool was that? Was that mine? That was one one. Yeah. That was right. that was the see, one that got dumped see, on top. That's, that's the best cool. pool. That was the best pool. Because it was it evening. was used too frequently. I knew one one would be a top dump. John just John was just rocking out to the what? So uh ready to die was definitely Oof. number one. Uh what was Andre's pick? What did he pick? He got the uh, Okay, so I would say I would say the biggie pick is number one. Uh yeah. I have to go with the source uh as yeah. number two, Bell Biv DeVoe three, and Mike comes in last with Candy Rain. Candy Rain. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Candy Rain. I, did, I had a lot of high school kisses. 
to that game. Oh, that you know was smooth so back then, Tony. Yeah, that was yeah buddy. That's the quiet score. Remember, we talked about that. We talked. We talked about between the sheets, the WDAS. Yeah, this one goes out to Layla. <laughs> it's been one week. I love you. <laughs> that was great. Oh, man, fellas, it's been awesome, as always. Heat Ratio Sports, episode 136, wrapping us up. Everybody checking in. Much appreciated. Get the reviews going. Get the rings. Let's go to Cleveland next week. We're not even going to do predictions because I really don't care. Don't want to do anything <laughs> with that. Okay, I'll be honest. Smart, smart move. Andre says, put some respect on John's name. John and Wiz Khalifa are homies. Absolutely. Uh, John and Wiz. John and Wiz. Yes. I love it. I love it. Andre checking in as always. But again, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, John Coker, Coach Dave Dixon, Mikey Googs, and Heat Ratio Sports. It's been always a blast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you next week. Peace.